You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, we're going to be in Psalm 100 this evening, the 100th Psalm. Psalm 100. And it's really good to be back preaching again here at Elk Point Baptist Church. I know I've been able to do it um, through Facebook Live, but it's not the same thing preaching to a camera. So I'm really excited that I can preach uh, to you guys and just so excited that we can actually be back and having live services once again um, at our church. I praise the Lord for that. All right, Psalm 100, we'll read the entire psalm. It's only five verses. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this evening, Lord. Thank you so much for saving my soul, Lord, and uh, bringing us back to church, Lord. I'm just so excited to be in the house of God with my uh, brothers and sisters once again. Lord, I ask that you just please, uh, you know, give me liberty to preach today, Lord. Man, I miss preaching. I miss preaching to this church, Lord. So I ask that you please give me liberty and um, just open up our hearts for the message, Lord, and help us recognize just how awesome, just how wonderful, and just how great you are, Lord. We love you so much. We praise your name. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Psalm 100 is a great psalm, uh, one of my favorites for sure. Definitely a popular psalm throughout history. And in fact, it's believed that this psalm was the conclusion of the six psalms used in worship when approaching the temple. So throughout history, on their way to the temple, the Jews would sing these six psalms, these six hymns on their way to the temple. And this was actually the psalm that they would sing when they would reach the temple. When they would reach the temple, this would be the song that they would sing, and for good reason. This is a psalm to praise the Lord. It's the only psalm, in fact, in the 150 psalms that is in its entirety a psalm of praise. There is not one single note of sadness in the entire psalm. It is ablaze with gratitude and thanksgiving. It's an appeal for everyone to gratefully worship the Lord. I like what one commentator said. He said this, Of all the psalms, this one rises to the highest pitch of gladness. It breathes the broadest spirit of charity and expresses the highest mood of devout joy. You see, it's a psalm to praise the Lord. It's a psalm to praise God about how great he is, how awesome he is, amen. And I believe this is a good psalm to look at in light of everything going on in the world right now. We haven't been in church for a while. COVID-19 has taken over. There's riots in the streets. And on the outside looking in, it seems like there's not much to praise the Lord about. But right here in Psalm 100, we see five reasons to praise the Lord and how we can praise the Lord no matter what. And we can praise the Lord here because of his grace, because Psalm 100 is a psalm of gratitude for his grace. And we see the grace of God in each verse in Psalm 100. We see the grace to praise God in verse 1, the grace to serve God in verse 2, in verse 3, the grace to know God, the grace to thank God in verse 4, and the grace to trust God in verse 5. You see, we need to show gratitude for His grace. Show gratitude for the grace of Almighty God because we wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for the grace of God. We wouldn't be in church right now. You wouldn't be saved and on your way to heaven if it wasn't for God's marvelous grace. And throughout this psalm, we see the grace of God. Throughout the Bible, we see the grace of Almighty God. The grace of Almighty God is seen throughout this world today. Everywhere you look, you see God's grace. Amen. 
whatever you do, the God's grace is in the middle of it all. The entire alphabet points to the grace of God. From A to Z, we see God's grace. And from A to Z, we see love in action. We've got amazing grace, believing grace, continuing grace, delightful grace, everlasting grace, faithful grace, God's grace, glorious grace, helping grace, inspiring grace, joyful grace, grace that keeps you from falling, grace that loves, grace that lifts, and grace that leads. We have marvelous grace, grace for me and grace for you. Amen. We have never-ending grace, grace that will help you obey, preserving grace, priceless grace, grace for every problem, and can I say it's proven grace. Amen. We have grace for every question, restoring grace, saving grace, satisfying grace, triumphant grace, unsearchable grace, unchanging grace, victorious grace, wonderful grace. We have grace for the wanderer, grace for the weak, grace for the wayward, and grace for the wounded. We have grace that will X out your past, grace that will take care of yesterday, and grace that will give you zeal to face tomorrow. And I'm here to say, if you can't get happy about anything else, you can be happy and joyful and thankful and hopeful about the grace of Almighty God. Let's praise the Lord and think about how good God is. Let's thank Him for His grace, amen. But this is something that we struggle with. We struggle with praising the Lord. It's something that we struggle with. It's something that churches struggle with. Churches can't seem to wrap their head around praising the Lord in church, right. praising God about how good he is. Even good, sound doctrine churches, they struggle with this fact. It reminds me of a story of this man traveling for business who ended up attending a church that was far more formal than the one that he went to. And in the middle of the service, the preacher said something that got a hold of this man's heart, and he did what any good born-again Baptist would do. He said, praise the Lord. Amen. And that did not go over well with the church. That unexpected interruption um, kind of ruffled some feathers a little bit. One man that was there leaned over to the other man who praised the Lord and said, uh, We don't praise the Lord here, sir. We don't praise the Lord here. Then another congregant spoke up and said, Yes, we do. It's in page 15 of the lectionary. But that's not the way that it should be, right? Praising the Lord is not something that you schedule in. It's not something that you just read aloud or the, the priest reads aloud in church. No, praising the Lord is something that we do on a daily basis. Praise is not something that is supposed to be uncommon for those who know God. As long as we have breath in our lungs, we should praise Him. But it's something that we struggle with. It's something that churches struggle with. I like what evangelist D.L. Moody said. He said this, we have in our churches a great deal of prayer, but I think it would be a good thing if we had a praise meeting occasionally. If we could only get people to praise God for what he has done. If we could only get people to praise the Lord for what he's done in your life. The fact that you're saved and on your way to heaven, amen. The fact that he's blessed you beyond measure. He's living inside of you. If we could only praise the Lord for what he's done in your life. You see, praising God is not restricted to Sundays at church. It should be a regular part of our days, in our prayers, our thoughts, and even in our congregation with others, conversation with others. Because when we praise God, it pleases him changes us for the better, and encourages others around us. And that's what we see in Psalm 100. We see the psalm to praise God, to praise God for how good he is. Because in the 100th psalm, we're actually given five reasons to thank him, five reasons to praise the Lord. And we're going to break that down verse by verse this evening. Look at verse number one. First of all, we can thank him for his praise. Notice what the Bible says there. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Notice, first of all, the noise of, prayers that, uh, noise of praise there. 
Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That word joyful noise there speaks of a glad shout as when a king appears among his subjects. When the king appears, the subjects can't help but shout. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're saved by the grace of God, there is something in our hearts that wants to rejoice when the king is in the camp. When the king is in the camp, you want to rejoice. And I'm here to tell you today, the king is in the camp. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 24, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And I'm here to tell you today, there is more than two or three gathered together in his name today. So the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this church right now. And when I think about that, when I think about the King of Kings in this church, in Elk Point Baptist Church, there's something in my heart that wants to rejoice. I can't help but shout and praise the Lord when I'm with the King that I love, with my brothers and sisters that I love, in the church that I love. Amen. Hey, we're back at Elk Point Baptist Church. We can fellowship with one another again. The king is in the camp. Amen. That's the noise of praise. Not only that, we also have the number of praise as well. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. You see, we need to realize the great pardon we received. All ye lands, all may come, whosoever will. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. You see, we can praise the Lord that God is not willing that any should perish. You see, we can praise the Lord that God doesn't just cherry pick sinners to be saved. Doesn't show pick some people to go to heaven and some people to go to hell. You can praise the Lord that your loved ones, your family members, your friends that are lost, God is still working on them. Amen. God can still save them and we can rejoice about that. We can praise the Lord for his marvelous grace. Amen. And we see the grace of God in this verse as well. The number of praise there, all ye lands. But then notice also the necessity of praise. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't say if you're led, praise the Lord or make a joyful noise. It's make. You see, that's a command, not a feeling. The Bible commands us to praise the Lord. The psalmist tells us 160 times in the Hebrew hymn book that we should praise our God. The Levites were instructed to praise the Lord at least twice a day. The psalmist praised God at least seven times a day. Surely on this side of Calvary, every blood-bought, spirit-indwelt believer will recognize the necessity to praise the Lord. You see, we need to praise the Lord. We need to praise Him, amen. We need to praise Him for being faithful. Praise Him for being forgiven. Praise Him because He never changes. Because um, God is everything, right? We should praise God not only for what He does, but also for who He is, amen. He is our Creator, our leader, our owner, our sustainer, our savior, and our successor. And we need to thank him for that. We need to praise the Lord for who he is. We need to thank him for his praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. So we can thank him for his praise, number one. Number two, we can thank him for his privilege. Look at verse two. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Did you know you and I, if you're saved, you've got the privilege to serve the Lord. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. It's not second rate to serve God. You and I, we have the highest honor in the world. We get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We get to live our life for Him. We get to present our bodies a living sacrifice, not only because it's our reasonable service, because it's a privilege, amen. Hey, we get to serve Almighty God. 
We get to have the mind of Christ. We ought to be glad for that, amen. We ought to be glad that he bought us out of the slave market. We ought to be glad that he washed us and bandaged up our wounds. We ought to be glad that he robed us in his righteousness. And we ought to be glad that he called us to serve, amen. It's a privilege. We ought to be glad for his grace. It's a privilege to serve. Not only that, it's also a privilege to sing. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. You see, when I got saved, God put a song in my heart. Amazing grace, how sweet the sounds that saved a wretch like me. We see that in Psalm 40, verse 3, the Bible says, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Hey, I want to thank him for the privilege of having a song in my heart. I'm not afraid to testify that I'm saved, amen. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm going to be able to walk the streets of gold, touch the walls of Jasper, amen. I've got a mansion in heaven, hallelujah. We can praise the Lord for that. And not only that, not only am I saved, not only am I on my way to heaven, not only do I have Jesus Christ living inside of me, but one day, one day, my old nature will be gone forever. That old, wicked, sinful nature that I hate so much, it will be obliterated, and I will be with my Savior in glory. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for the song in my heart, amen. All for the heart that never sins. All for the robe of white. All for a voice to praise my King, nor weary day nor night. I'm thankful for that song in my heart, and I'm thankful for the privilege to sing. You see, we can thank Him for His privilege. That's verse 2. But then in verse 3, we also see that we can thank Him for His pasture. Look at verse 3, if you will. The Bible says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In verse 3, we see the Lord as our creator and our sustainer. You see, in verse, in the beginning of verse, uh, verse 3, we see him as the sovereign one. The Lord, he is our God. The Lord Jehovah, the permanent and unchangeable being, the one true God the creator of the world. We see him as a sovereign one there. But we also see him as our shepherd. He says the sheep of his pasture. So in the Lord Jesus, we have a sovereign shepherd. We have the sovereign shepherd in our life. And because of that, we're protected. You see, he is my protector. And I can thank him for that. The Bible says in Psalm 95, verse 7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. You see, he has me in the palm of his hands. He protects me when I'm in his pasture. Thank the Lord, we are safe in his presence. We are safe in his pasture. And because I'm safe, I can gladly say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, amen. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We can thank him for his pasture, amen. amen. But then in verse four, and I like this, we can thank him for his place. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We, you and I, we are able to enter in to his gates, amen? The doors of earthly kings and rulers are carefully guarded, but the gates to the throne of God are open wide, amen? Hey, we are able to come boldly to the throne of grace. I get to talk to Almighty God, amen? I have access to the throne room. I'm a child of the king. I can spend time with my father in prayer, amen? I get to talk with them and walk with them. We've got the power of prayer in our life and in our hearts, amen? We've got that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Hey, hey, let's praise the Lord for that place. Amen. I like this quote on prayer. It says this, a child of God can see more on his knees than a philosopher can on his tiptoes. 
Amen. That's what we got when we pray to our Father in heaven. Amen. We can thank him for that place. That's verse 4. Then finally, verse number 5, thank him for his promise. The Bible says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. We can thank him for his promises. He doesn't break any promise, and everything in this book is a promise to us. We can claim these promises as our own. His promises are good, for the Lord is good. His promises are gracious, because his mercy is everlasting. And his promises are great, because his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. We've got the promises of Almighty God on our side. And we can read this Bible, claim these promises as our own, and have confidence in that fact. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Those promises are unbreakable. Man may break promises, but God is always faithful. And every single one of his promises revolve around his marvelous grace. His grace is greater than our problems, greater than our failures, and greater than our trials. Amen. God's grace is enough. And we are so foolish to think otherwise. We are so foolish to doubt him and his grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. But when we worry, we are basically saying that we don't believe God's grace is sufficient. Now think about how foolish that is. Think about how awful and foolish that is. It would be like if a small fish that was very thirsty was, it, was afraid it might drink the river dry. And the river said, drink away, little fish. My stream is sufficient for thee. Yeah. Or it would be as though after the seven years of plenty, a mouse was afraid it might die of a famine. And Joseph might say, cheer up, little mouse. My granaries are sufficient for thee. Or if a man on top of the mountain feared that he would exhaust the oxygen in the atmosphere, and the earth might say, Breathe away, old man, and fill thy lungs forever. My atmosphere is sufficient for thee. You see, Jesus Christ, his grace is sufficient. May we show gratitude for the grace of Almighty God, for the grace shown here in Psalm 100. We should thank him for his praise, thank him for his privilege, thank him for his pasture, thank him for his place, and thank him for his promises. Amen. Because it all revolves around that wonderful grace of God. Amen. I'll close with this. Halder Lalinus was one of the most influential gospel writers of the 20th century. He wrote or published over 4,000 gospel hymns in his lifetime. In 1916, he and his wife moved to Illinois where he bought himself a used organ for the extravagant sum of $5. They didn't have very much money at the time, couldn't afford a new one, uh, but with that $5 organ, he wrote one of the most popular hymns of the 1900s, The Wonderful Grace of Jesus. It's a song that we know and is still played in churches today. And the way we know the song to be played is in more of an upbeat tone, kind of a bubbly fashion a little bit. Uh, but that was not the way Lelinus intended the song to be. And when he wrote the hymn, he actually discouraged people of singing it in that way. Because he wanted the people to sing it slower so they could really take in the words. He wanted the people to really think about the wonderful grace of Jesus. Notice the words of that hymn. Wonderful, the matchless grace of Jesus deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus and praise his holy name. Amen. Amen. We can praise the Lord for that, and we can praise the Lord for his wonderful grace as we all stand.